You create your life with the stories you tell yourself. Want more fun, love, and money? Then write your new story and live into it. Louis DiBianco's podcast, Change Your Story, Change Your Life, shows you how to discover your empowering story. You'll meet many successful people who have created magnificent lives, even when the odds were stacked against them. Plus, you'll learn the secrets of great storytelling that can explode your business. And now, here is your host, Louis DiBianco. Do you like the person you see in the mirror every day? What words do you constantly use to describe that person? Do the words give you pleasure or pain? Your answers, whatever they are, are just part of a story that you are creating. Hey, hello, storytellers, and welcome once again to another episode of Change Your Story, Change Your Life. I'm your host, Louis DiBianco. I'm excited to announce that our sponsor is Audible. They are offering you, our listeners, a free download of one of your favorite audio books. You get to choose from 180,000 titles, and you also get a one-month free trial of Audible's entire service. Simply go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power. That is www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power. For your convenience, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and TuneIn Radio, as well as the website ChangeYourStoryPodcast.com. Because the theme of the show is Change Your Story, Change Your Life, I've created a free gift for you, my listeners. It is an ebook called Storytelling Secrets for a Rich Life in Business. You can download it immediately at www.changeyourstorypodcast.com. One of the most rewarding things in this podcast for me is my ongoing dialogue with you, my storytellers, my listeners. Let's continue that dialogue. Keep sending your comments about what you're getting from the show and what you'd like to see in it going forward. Send them to Lewis, L-O-U-I-S, at changeyourstorypodcast.com. I promise to read every message I receive and to choose some of them to share with you on the show. Today's guest is a woman who faced down the painful images she was creating in her mirror. She faced them down and transformed them into a powerful, attractive, enriching image. Then she stepped into that image and began living it. She's been a personal trainer with multiple fitness certifications. She is an international speaker and a love coach. By redefining herself, she earned the right to help other women step into their power. She's the host of the popular podcast called Stellar Life. She created what she calls Orion's Method that helps women achieve greater energy and sexy confidence, ignite their passion, and live in a place of freedom, ease, and flow. She's a contributor to the Intent.com blog and the Huffington Post. Her name is Orion Talmai. I'm honored and excited to spend time with her today on this show. Orion, welcome to Change Your Story, Change Your Life. Hello, thank you. How are you doing? This well, was the most beautiful introduction ever. Oh, <laughs> well, you know, as I tell my guests who are sometimes uh, bashful or honored by the introduction, you see, I may have put the words on paper, but you created it. Oh, stop it. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> okay, then if I if you didn't create it, then everything I said is a lie. No. <laughs> and and was I correct when I said that it's intent.com, correct? 
Correct. Yes. And you said it beautifully. I liked what you said about stepping, creating that image and actually stepping into it because I really believe that we do exchange versions throughout our lives and throughout our lives. We have multiple lives, but our life here on earth, we do exchange versions and we go from um, one version to another because if you look at the person that you are today and the person that you were five years ago, ten years ago, we're different. Well, you know, I agree with you. I I would say that we're um, called upon or we're urged to change versions, but many people never do because they're afraid. Now, talking about versions, how did you become, at the age of 18 years old, part of the Israeli Defense Force? Well, just by being an Israeli, it's a, it's something that you do. Uh, both men and women are obligated to go to the army, um, and and so was I. You, did you work in the intelligence unit? Correct. Wow! So tell us what you what role you played there. What exactly I, did you do? Well, if I if I'll tell you, I'll have to kill you. So. Okay. Well, that's that's okay because I play gangsters in movies, and and then I might have to put a contract on you. So it's it's an equal playing field. Yeah. Well, I, I let's say that I I had a high classified clearance, and uh, and I was working with that information. Cool. Now let me ask you: Did you? I know you say you had to go in. But did you enjoy your participation in the uh, the military? Uh, first, I want to acknowledge your lovely kitty. It was very talkative and, and would love to, to join our conversation. So, hello, kitty. Well, um, thank you. Yes. And I, actually, Orion, she, she has... As soon as she heard that you were a woman in the military, she was, was real... Like, meow, she, meow. She, yeah, she was really impressed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad it's, it's, it's impressive, but you know, for an Israeli, it's not, it's just like something we do. Um, I, when I, as a, as a teenager, I was a a little bit of a rebel. So going into the army and, and having that structure and discipline was not something I was fond of, especially not basic training. Nobody likes basic training. But now looking back in retrospect, it gave me a lot. It gave me a lot of structure, discipline, um, sense of national pride. Um, and it just it's interesting how much it's like the army turns kids into adults uh, very quickly. Um, because, I don't know, but the, the, that type of training, I'm sure that um, every soldier you will talk with all around the world, uh, I mean... They'll be a little bit more mature than, um, and I'm generalizing, than they're the same people their age. Yeah, I get more. you. I get you. It's okay. true. It, it's a, it's often true. If it doesn't have a negative effect on some people, it does. Then it will do that. It'll bring out a new level of um, responsibility and maturity. Orion, the last sound you heard from my cat was a question. She wants to know, how long were you in the military? Um, it's usually it's a little bit less than two years for the women. And you were talking about growing up. What from that experience, you say, contributed to the person that you are today? Uh, one thing that you learn uh, in the Army is how much you can accomplish in 30 seconds. <laughs> so the the idea of time changes, uh, time expands, um, and you, you feel like you can accomplish more in, in less time. Mm, that's a big one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's a struggle for most people. Yeah. And, you know, um, my army service was uh, a long time ago, so since then... Um, Time has shrunk, <laughs> but uh, that was something very vivid right after I finished uh, the my service. After you finished your service, did you go immediately to Japan? And if and and why did you choose to go to Japan? Well, I did a few. Uh, I worked in a few random jobs, and um, one of them was uh, selling cars. Um, 
And I was in a showroom selling cars and uh, wearing uniform, being really polite to the customers. I I had no interest in cars. I didn't even have a, a driver's license, but I sold cars. Um, and it was just, uh, it wasn't me. It was like long hours and restricting uniforms. And I felt like I needed a way out. I needed to break free. And I found this. A book about Japan um, and I really liked it I bought it and I highlighted all the places I wanted to go and gave a two-week notice and went to Japan just like that just like that I didn't uh, know where I was going I didn't have anybody there I didn't know the language it was a complete culture shock wow so, yeah so complete what, what, what did you do when you got there um, well, I, I found a place to stay. Um, I found a little uh, job in, in a restaurant. And I was supposed to, uh, to go for uh, just a few weeks. Um, so I, I had a little bit of money, but then I was, uh, I was really into the place. I was like, maybe I can stay here a little bit longer. This is kind of nice. And I fell in love with the culture. I fell in love with the people. And, yeah, uh, and then I met a beautiful man, a really um, beautiful heart, amazing man, and I stayed with him for three and a half years. Hmm. Mm. Now, you got a job in a restaurant, but how did you do that and you didn't speak a word of Japanese? Oh, no, it was in English. It was the, 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 uh, the foreigner area. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah. But I studied Japanese. I went to a Japanese school there also so I can have my visa. And I studied Japanese. I studied the Japanese culture. I uh, traveled to almost every place I highlighted in that uh, guidebook. I traveled all, all around Japan, even to some places that native Japanese probably never visited. So. so how long was your experience in Japan? Three and a half years in total. How much? Three and a half years. Three and a half years. Now, do you speak Japanese today? Skoshidake. <laughs> just, just a little bit. I don't really remember it. It was a while ago. Okay. I, I speak a kind of like basic, basic conversational Japanese. Cool, cool. When you were a kid, what kind of future did you envision for yourself? I am... Um, I wanted to be a famous singer, and then I wanted to be a famous actress. Ooh. <laughs> We're going to talk a little bit about that. We are. Yeah. Now, before we get to that, what was your darkest moment? Uh, well, my darkest moment will be the, the reason why I'm a, a coach today. But that happened after the whole acting thing. You want to talk about the acting thing first? Yeah, I think so. Okay, cool. So what kind of actress did you want to be? Television, stage, film, what? Or everything? Well, I wanted to win the Oscars. Uh, okay. I wanted to be a movie star. Um, and so that's like from Japan, I... I you know, things between me and my boyfriend were uh, just coming to an end, naturally. Uh, we still cared very much for each other, but it was just a natural evolution. Um, and I, I had a choice whether, you know, to go back to Israel or go pursue my dream of acting in the States. And that's what I did. So I went to New York and I studied um, acting in New York for two years. Ooh, where did you study? At the Neighborhood Playhouse School of Theater. The Neighborhood Playhouse, you're talking about Sandy Meisner? Correct. Was Meisner there at the time? No, uh, but uh, Meisner's uh, student was my teacher. Oh, so you learned to do the um, repetition exercise. I learned to do the repetition exercise. Uh-huh. <laughs> As I'm repeating this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean, we could do it, but I think that people would not get it and they'd be totally bored. Um, although I have seen that exercise done by people who really knew what they were doing and they, and they had the trust that was necessary to do it. And 
uh, scenes would develop out of it. It was just amazing. So, you know, by the way, I don't know if you know, but I studied at the Herbert Berghoff studio in New York. Oh, wow. Yeah. How was that? It was awesome. I mean, because they were great. All the teachers were people who already were accomplished actors. Yeah, you have a really sweet storytelling um, way about you that I really like. Thank you. Even in the intro, it was like, I really enjoyed listening to that. I was like, wow, who's that? That's so interesting. <laughs> oh, oh, my God, it, it's me. He's talking about me. <laughs> Thank you very much. So tell me a little bit about that. So you studied for how long with uh, at the Meisner School? Um, it was, uh, I studied for two years, and then I uh, pursued acting here and there, and uh, I started, uh, and that brings me to my darkest moment. <laughs> okay. So I, I studied um, uh, acting, and I started uh, even like landing uh, roles in, in, in this small independent films, but landing big roles in small movies. And it was it was promising. And then um, I met this man who was really fascinating. He was really, uh, you know, muscular, and he used to drive motorcycles and fly airplanes. And I was completely enamored by him. We we got uh, intimate and connected real fast. Like really got into a relationship super fast. Um, and then. Um, Three months into the the relationship, he started being um, very verbally abusive, and but I wasn't noticing it. I, um, when somebody is um, starting with verbal abuse that way, it's they don't start it right away. It's not like mean words right off the bat because then you'll have your defense mechanism on. It's it's more like when you put a, a frog in, in hot water, boiling water, it will jump immediately. But if you put the frog in water and slowly, slowly turn on the heat, it will just stay there not understanding what's going on until, you know, until the bitter end. Um, so my darkest moment uh, was when that verbal... Abuse became physical, and I ended up in a hospital. Oh my and god! I was, and I was alone in 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 a hospital bed, where you know, when you're in a hospital, you want to have the person you love with you. But the person I loved the most was the one who put me there. It was excruciating. Also, what's going on with predators is that one of the, the known patterns are isolation. So I was very isolated from my friends, even my best friend. Like I was uh, not in contact with my family. I was completely alone and completely broken. And uh, that was the darkest moment, I think, one of my darkest moments um, in my life. Yeah. Now, where, where were you? What city were you in? I was on the Upper West Side. No, Upper oh. East Side, New York. Uh, New York. Yeah, New York. Wow, wow. wow. Yeah. And so now, what what was your self-talk like at that time? This is important for people to know because we all have negative and positive self-talk. Well, first, I believed everything he told me that I am fat, ugly, and other really bad nicknames that he that I, you know, and and like everything that he told me that I am, I believe that because if somebody tells you something again, 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 it's almost like a brainwash. And, and I believed it. And I was in a weak spot. I believed that, um, not worthy. I hated myself. Um, there was tons of, uh, shame around it. Um, not forgiving myself, hating myself, where it, you opened this podcast talking about mirror work, where at that time, a part of my healing journey where was to do some mirror work. And when I looked in the mirror and I tried to say I love you to myself in the mirror, the, 
my reflection, the, the, the person in the mirror just started crying. Like I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror. Mm. It was it was that like I couldn't even look at myself. I couldn't look at other people. I was drinking. I was like a shadow of, of myself and and um I think a part of what triggered the um, very deep depression was that I, I hit my head really bad. And that was also triggering whatever triggered because I was a completely different person after that. Um and so it took a lot. Um, I've been told that I needed to take medication um, for depression. And even though it is appropriate for some people, and some people really need it, it's really good for me because this is, um, I mean, I've been independent for a while. I've been through a lot. Um, I, um, I mean, travels for me on age, childhood wasn't that great. Um, so I've been through a lot and I know that I'm like the phoenix. I rise from my own ashes. And 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 I saw that little light inside and I was hanging on to it with all my might looking for solutions to help myself grow, to help myself rise again. Wow. What actions did you take that really helped you to start moving forward toward positive change? Mm. It started with awareness, with, um, with knowing that I was very lucky where I just feel like because I'm I was always a, a spiritual person um and I, and I still had that faith inside that I'm here there is a bigger destiny there is a I'm there is a power inside of me that like there was like an an inner knowing almost not every day but there was always sometimes the the flame was really small and some days it was more vivid, but there was an inner knowing that there is a light inside and I can't ignite it. And so starting with this awareness, I went in and I, I did little things like watching YouTube videos. I started, started learning about the masters, the people that can help me and started watching their videos, reading their books, going to seminars. I did a whole thing around uh, forgiveness that helped me a lot and taking responsibility to my part in it, going from a victim mentality of poor me, how did it happen to me? And I can totally have all the reasons in the world to tell you why I was a victim in this situation, but there is always two for tango and there is a reason why I attracted that into my life. And I was taking ownership on that and doing some forgiveness work. Um... I studied from uh, Louise Hay. She's the the one who brought mirror work into the world, and I've done it, and I've done it so many times, and it took so many times until I was able to l- just not even say I love you, just look at my own eye eyes in the mirror. It took so long. I studied from Wayne Dyer and Deepak Chopra, Doctor Di Martini. I am um, the movie The Secret was out. I loved that too. I mean, I always believed in the power of the subconscious mind. Tony Robbins is one of my greatest mentors. So um, just learning from the best leaders and luminaries in the world. And, and since then, um, in um, it's, it's less than a decade, but since then, I've been traveling over 34 countries and studying from the best in the world. I traveled to India. I studied at, at a, a sacred temple in Oneness University. Um, I studied from amazing light workers and got some body work from uh, um, uh, um, uh, an amazing light worker called Donnie Epstein. Um, yeah, I just did a lot of work and yeah. What I love about it is that you discovered the world of personal development and you listened to it, followed it, and allowed it to have its effect on you. And what I want to bring to people's attention here, it's really important. I'm sure that some people listening will say, well, that's great. She got to a point. She must have had a lot of money. She traveled all over the world. I couldn't do that. Blah, 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 blah. Another negative story. Didn't you find that the more you would invest in your personal growth, 
And by invest, I mean even financially. To, even when you didn't feel that you had enough money, you would perhaps spend money on training. That the more you did that, not only the more did you grow, but that your income was rewarded and grew as well. The universe rewards you for for what you put for the the efforts you put in, and if you if you are if you really you know what it's funny, like I invested in seminars where I did not even have money in the bank, and I was still like thousands of dollars. Let's just let's do it because I really wanted to. I really wanted to grow. There was there was a hunger. There was a courage. Uh, Tony Robbins says, um, "Jump and a net will appear." Sometimes you jump and a net appears, and sometimes you hurt. You fall on your ass pretty badly, and it hurts. Mm-hmm. But you get up and you jump again, because sometimes a net will appear, and then it will take you to the next level. And it's not about. It's the courage to to go forward and to do it over and over and over again. And for those people that really don't have money, and you know, in the beginning, I did not have money. Do you think I was able to work in my situation? I was not able to even work, and I did not have money. But there, there are those mentors. They have books. The library is free. YouTube is free. There are so many million downloads. Free, you know, there are so many free stuff out there. Like the whole world is. Is the information from all the greatest mentors are, are here, you know, through Google, through YouTube, the library. Just go and learn, and if you really and really focus on getting yourself from a victim into taking responsibility for your life. And I have to say, like some of those seminars were crucial to my healing, uh, because sometimes Einstein said something like, I, "I'm gonna." not remember the quote exactly, but if there is a force moving in one direction, it will keep moving in the same direction unless an outside interference will come and shift away. This outside interference can be a book, though. And when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Mm-hmm. I totally, totally agree with you because personal development has had and still has a major impact on my life and in my own growth. By the way, did you in your travels and studies uh, ever study with uh, T. Harv Eker? No, I studied with people that studied with him, <laughs> but I haven't studied with him. I know his daughter. I met his daughter, but uh, no, I haven't studied with him. Uh, can you name one person who studied with him that you studied with? Um, I know Robert Allen, which I studied with, is connected with him. I know that... Um, the people from Speaking Empire. But, yeah, I don't really remember. I took a a four-year program through Harf called uh, Quantum Leap. That's one of the reasons I asked. Didn't you work with Tony Robbins a lot? Uh, Harv? Yeah. Uh, Harv has been on the same stage with Tony. Yeah, Um, I think they were connected in some shape or form. But he's totally independent. Uh, He created peak potentials. Oh, yeah, I took the... I took their seminars too. <laughs> well, there you go. Then you have you studied under yeah. Harv because right, exactly. Did, did you take a course called Enlightened Warrior? Mm, no. Okay. I, I I heard of it, but no. This is fascinating. We could have a whole podcast just on this. Maybe we should. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> that could be a next one. Uh, what I'm curious about: you were put into the hospital at that time. You were living with this guy. Oh, no. We separated right away. I called the police and I was like, yeah, no. So well, whose apartment was it? Mine. Okay. So you were able to go back to your own place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Did the police move on him? Was he arrested? You know, I was in such a weak spot that I didn't, I didn't press charges. Actually, I'm happy that it just ends that way and I don't have that energy in my life anymore. Yeah, we don't even have to focus on on that yeah. really mm-hmm. because what's important is your growth, your transition from that which as I you know what's interesting that I mean you kept talking about specifically doing mirror work. I didn't know that when I wrote my introduction to this podcast, but I happened to open with looking in the mirror and talking to yourself. But just is it a coincidence? I don't know. 
<laughs> I don't think so. You're very intuitive. You, you know, know, we are all connected. It doesn't matter. We are all connected. If we just open ourselves as a channel, we tap into the subconscious mind. And we know we all kinds of downloads just come. <laughs> I agree. And listen, this this is directly from one of Harv's courses, Enlightened Wizard. Everything happens for a reason, and that reason is there. Let me see. Oh, my God. Everything it happens for a reason, and that reason is there to serve me, to serve me. Exactly. And we, you talked about what's important, and I just want to emphasize, coming from not a place of a victim, but a place of, like you say, a light warrior, Um Looking back at that moment, that person gave me my greatest gift. I had to go through the melting pot. I had to go for some divine reason through this experience so I can relate. You know, I, I, I was on a, on a mastermind call yesterday and I was, there was a woman that, that came on and had a really traumatic stuff that happened to her. And just be, you know, I was able to be there for her and just lift her spirit and connect with her on a much deeper level than if I have never, she told me, she was like, you know, my therapist, she doesn't understand me. I was like, yeah, I get it. Um, it, it's, it just gives me a, a, a bigger, a depth of, of, of empathy and related, relatedness that I wouldn't have if I, if I didn't experience that. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I know. I know. That's very powerful, very profound. Thank you very much for sharing that. By the way, in your work, did you actually read a book or do any work with... Um, the, the, the book is called Radical Forgiveness. No. Um, you know, the Radical Forgiveness, I just did the, the, the entry course for Landmark Education. Mm -hmm. And um, they, they were the one who put my awareness on forgiveness. I think you would love the book, the audio book, especially Radical Forgiveness. Because, I loved it. Oh, you, you, you know it. You're aware of it. Oh, I, I teach forgiveness. Yes, I love it. Uh -huh. I, I believe that forgiveness is uh, probably one of the, the first steps to, to healing. Forgiveness uh, and ownership. I, I totally agree. But are you actually familiar with that particular book by Colin Tipping? It's called Radical Forgiveness. No. Okay. Because some of the things you said uh, echo exactly what he says about a very painful experience being, uh, in a way, a gift for you to grow from. You know, what can we learn from comic book superheroes? <laughs> Ah. Oh my God! I love superheroes. Jeez. I love superheroes. Oh so? yeah, my favorite genre is like Marvel movies all the well, time. Well, you know, <laughs> listen. You know what? I'm sure. I mean, I went through a phase when I was um, an arrogant intellectual when I would look down on that. I don't anymore. So, could you share what's valuable about the comic book superheroes? Funny you ask. I'm actually, um, well, I started writing kind of like um, almost in the toward the end of writing a book called Unleashing Your Inner Superhero. And it is, it's all about um, creating, you know how you said in the intro, very intuitively and brilliantly, that you look in the mirror, you create an image, and then you step into that image. So what I like about superheroes is that, you know, that transformation. I like the idea of transformation. I like the idea that we have superpowers. I believe we have superpowers that are untapped. Or, I mean, our brain is so untapped. Only, what, a few percentages of our brain is is put into good use. So that's why so many biohackers, and, and I had Dave Asprey on, on my podcast, Stellar Life, are talking about how to... Um, biohack the brain and and make it stronger because our brains are such a powerful machines that uh, we can use. We all have superpowers and um, everybody have superpower. Everybody, you know, some some person can make people laugh and some per person have a beautiful voice and some per person can really help people organize their lives. And I mean, and we all have gifts and powers and we need to tap into them and I also believe that we can, you know, create a new identity, create an alter ego like um, 
like you know some of the famous uh superstars like beyonce she creates an alter ego she's got a few one of them is sasha fierce and in order to get on stage and handle the 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 energy of like thousands of screaming people and still be like this powerful goddess and sexy and and She's tapping into that alter ego, that like other identity of her that make her feel power. And it doesn't have to be so extreme, but it's like you said, you create an identity and you see yourself in a different light. You can do it through mirror work. You can do it through vision boards, which I totally believe in and have done and have worked for me. Um, it just and and see yourself, visualize yourself in your mind's eye as the person you want to become, and you will step into that version of yourself if you put enough intention into that. I love it. I totally agree. And you studied acting, and so did I. And when you think about it, that is what actors do. Yeah. They, I mean, <laughs> a, a great actor. Um, I, I think of uh, Charlize Theron, who is so, you I know, love- she's beautiful, she's feminine, uh, she has warmth, she has charm, she's sexy. And then we think of the film where she played a real live person, and the film was called Monster, and you look at that and you go, She's not physically recognizable. Her behavior is nothing like Charlize, but she was playing that for real. So she had to step into that reality during the filming, Mm. you know? And I think that we, that anybody can learn the techniques that actors use in this world of self-improvement and use it to redefine themselves create these superheroes that they become yeah and we're all actors if you think about it when we're we're different people with uh, different people like we're different people near um somebody who's really famous we act differently somebody um you know we we, we act different with different people so everybody has this uh innate talent of acting even if they will say i'm not an actor i don't know how to act we all do mm-hmm. and I, another another part of the transformation that i want i have to touch on another two parts so i believe in the in the mental physical and spiritual uh, uh transformation so i did the mind work and the, and the spirit work but i also did a lot of physical work uh, where I studied martial arts and MMA and Aikido, because when you first get out of this situation, you gotta give yourself time to be in survival. You can't just, you know, jump into being this, you know, evolve spiritual being, optimistic. You go through stages, and you gotta respect the journey. A part of them was survival. Survival for me. Oh, I had to learn to be strong. I had, you know, punching the bag, releasing the anger, kicking the bag super good super important and super empowering so so that the physicality uh aspect of transformation is really uh powerful and also it goes into building that character because what what is what does a depressed person look like mm-hmm. but how do they look like what where's their shoulders up or down they're down they're usually slumped over where's their head uh, it's definitely not held high. Often, it's looking at the ground. It's avoiding. Right. It's avoiding eye contact. Right. So every depressed person around the world, Chinese or or black or white or green, I don't know. You know, we're all we all act the same way. Human emotions are um, are. It's the same everywhere in the world. So just by changing your physiology, the way you stand. Uh, you can you can become happier. Um, one thing that I've done on you know I was I remember it was winter in New York. I was feeling kind of crappy and I was walking down and I was just I put a fake smile on my face, just a fake smile, just to test that theory that you know our physiology can change our emotion. And all of a sudden, people start smiling back. And that was funny for me, so I started laughing. And, you know, all this, the dance emotions just 
like the body relaxed and they started smiling. So sometimes just by changing your physiology, you can change the way you feel. And by changing your physiology, if you're going to, and I saw a TED talk, I forgot who was that lady who was uh, sharing that, but she said that if you stand in a superwoman position for, or a superman position for about 20 or 30 seconds, you will feel more confident. It's a good tip to, before you're going into an interview or speaking on stage, it will just, your physiology will your superhero physiology will affect your your emotions. Absolutely. And that's one of the, the main things that Anthony Robbins teaches people to do. And can, yeah. I, can I share something with you? Please. Last night, I stood in a superhero position for 45 minutes. And on the 46th minute, I flew. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you go? Um, if I tell you, I'm going to have to kill you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now, the next part of your evolution I want to focus on is you are a love coach. How did you evolve into becoming a love coach? So like I told you, it's perfect because I was so into the becoming stronger that I was really locked into my masculine and the question that ran my life was how can I never get hurt and you can go into a new relationship where when this question is running your life I didn't know much about masculine feminine energy and talking about Tony Robbins I went to date with destiny and there was a whole day that was about relationship about masculine feminine uh, and what it is and I figured out that, oh my God, that my feminine side is so neglected and and I was in a place of complete surrender and uh, knowing that I need to change something and knowing that I can't control everything like I try to. I try to, I mean, we, we really try to control our lives and then we understand that we can't control anything because life happens. So from a place of surrender, and it's a powerful place of surrender. It's not surrendering, victim surrendering. It's surrendering to a higher power and giving up, giving the control to a higher power universe to help you, allowing to ask guidance and, and help from a higher source, that type of surrender. And it's surrender that is based in love and not fear. Uh, I, I wrote my relationship vision, and 24 hours later, I... Sorry, 48 hours later, I met the, the man who is now my husband. Um, and I had a whole, I, I did a whole, you know, I went into, because when I'm interested in something, I go and I really study it. So I learned a lot about my femininity, my se- sexuality, my sensuality, and how to awaken it, and how to use my full power rather than just half of my power. And so what I teach women now is how to awaken their inner goddess and that part of them that is, was wounded and in pain and in the shadows and how to get that sexy confidence to attract the men of their, of their dreams. Um, and when I say awaken your inner goddess, it's not, you know, it's not just like, a bunch of women dancing in a circle under the moon. It's 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 about really doing. There are a few stages to to this. There is some healing work. There is some deep work. There is some spiritual work. But there is also the physical work where it's like, you know, moving our bodies, releasing through sensual movement, coming together as uh, in a sisterhood, uh, connecting to each other. Um, there are so many stages of healing to um, awaken that that beautiful part of you, and and it never ends because we deal with some insecurities and stuff that comes up and stuff that makes us hard throughout throughout the day. But there is always a, a next evolution of how you can feel better, feel more free, feel more alive, and for a woman more juicy women like the the word juicy i like the word juicy <laughs> i like the word juicy too 
juicy. Yeah. <laughs> That's wonderful. And like I said before, and I mean it, I mean, you're a love coach, but you didn't just make an arbitrary decision to do that. You earned the right through your difficult journey, emotional journey, to practice that from a place of deep experience. That's wonderful. What is Orion's method? I think some of the things you just were talking about are part of it, but tell us more. Orion, the acronym of Orion is basically my method, what I work with. Um, Always to open your heart, which is that part of forgiveness we talked about um, and awareness. And then you release the past and you return to love. And when I say return to love, it's returning to yourself, to self-love, to your core strength, to your core connection with spirit. Then um, I work with women. So maybe not everything will talk to you, but this is true for men and women because I've been coaching some cool men as well and they need just as much help. I mean, we all do. I have coaches. We all need some guidance in our lives. I is to ignite your passion and and wake up that passionate, passion for life, hunger for life, hunger for success and hunger to 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 give more to the world and be more of your true potential. Just unlock that potential, unleash that power. And then always to own yourself, own who you are. You are. Um, so many people will tell you who you should be, how you should dress, what you should, how you should talk, who you should talk to, where you should live, where you should travel to. For every 10 people, there are 20 opinions. And you got to own yourself. You got to really know who you are and, and stand in your boundaries and, and, and stand, stand in your power. And for women, it's most women already master their masculine power. So it's about standing in their feminine power. And, and because I have background in health and fitness, I am really into biohacking and improving the physiology as well as the mental and spiritual aspect of life because we are like dr wayne dyer said we are um a physical being and uh, no we are spiritual being having a human experience so we have i mean this body of ours is our temple and so many so many women are disconnected from their body so a part of taking care of that beautiful beautiful vessel and accepting and loving it whatever shape or size are you is to nourish it with like good good things to nourish your brain um do some you know hormone balancing nourish your mind and nourish your spirit i love it so as a recap orion's method open release ignite own and nourish correct yes correct beautiful and nourish is like, it's just the way you have to eat every day. You have to nourish your body every day. You also have to nourish your, your mind and your spirit every day because you don't want your body to starve for nutrition and you don't want your, your, your spirit to starve for connection. I agree. And I unfortunately, we see the imbalance in the world today where people are stuffing their bodies with non-nourishing substances and totally ignoring nourishing the mind. We see a lot of that around us, don't we? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Unfortunately. What are the three top secrets to becoming a love magnet? (laughs) My darling. darling. (laughs) Oh, say that that again. (laughs) Oh, darling. This is how you become a love magnet. First, you got to get rid of your crap. (laughs) <laughs> it goes back to healing. Get rid of all this baggage, lady. You can go on. It's like not getting rid of your baggage. It's like walking on a beautiful beach with beautiful tropical birds and beautiful water and sunshine wearing a super heavy armor. <laughs> That's not a fun way to be in. So it's just like getting rid of the of the. That's really important. If you want to become a love magnet, you can't have that armor on. And to in order to get rid of that armor, you got to do some healing Mm -hmm. Um, for women and for men. So women, 
who wants to become love magnets must connect to their feminine side if they want a masculine presence in their life. If they want a feminine presence in their life, um, a guy who is more uh, feminine and submissive, then they, okay, you want to live in your masculine. And some women, there is a smaller percentage of women that are more, feel more empowered in their masculine, and that's completely fine and good for them. You know, stay where you want to stay. But if you are a woman who's feeling like she's feminine in her core and just feeling too tight, too heavy, too, rest- like there is some void there, then I highly recommend connect to, to your feminine. Also, men has been, uh, many men just been gone soft, you know, they it's, they need to connect to their, to their alpha masculine essence. And I'm not talking the cave, caveman type of like me, food, hungry, sex. No, <laughs> I'm talking about like the evolved alpha and and part of it is through their physicality men need to be at the gym and work and increase that testosterone and feel strong and anchored in their body i think it's really essential for every man to do some some training weight training martial arts really important for for men to to connect to their bodies because men are usually more disconnected from their bodies than women not always but in many cases and the 13 is uh is also everyday self-care and and the mindset of loving your body and moving your body and it's really important because if you care for yourself other people will gravitate toward you yes yes so just as a quick recap the first one was getting rid of your baggage your the the heavy armor that you carry the second one if you had to just put it into two words what would it be Connecting to either your feminine or masculine, depending on whether you want to be more in your, you, you want to awaken more of the feminine or awaken more of the masculine. Okay, and then so. So for, yeah. me, for for in general, in, in general, for men is more masculine, for women is more feminine. And by the way, um, feminine uh, masculine can be interpreted as yin yang, and this type of dynamics also exist in gay relationship where one is more yin and one is more yang, and that also changes throughout the day. But in general, one is more yin and one is more yang. Beautiful. What are the biggest mistakes that women make when dating? Hmm. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so many. Um, name, so many. Name, just name the biggest one. The biggest one is to meet somebody for five minutes and already see yourself, you know, under walking down the aisle with them and then treating them in that way. Because, you know, for women, there is that sense of the clock is ticking. My girlfriends are married. I got to go. You know, it's there is way more pressure. There is just tons of pressure on women to, to get in a relationship. And it's an oxymoron, but... The less you want him, the more he will gravitate toward you. And the biggest mistake is that women become really needy. And that brings up their uglier side. Well, I agree with you. But I find that men will do that as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Really? More than women? Some, really? You think so? More? No, I, th- I think women do it more because women mm. ha- are, have more pressure. And it's like if you look at the... Our history, you know, the man wants to spread their genes, so they want to be with many women. Like that's their more like genetic code, where women were just really need the men to needed the men to like be with them and protect them. So I feel like there is more pressure on women to get into a monogamous relationship than on men. Mm-hmm. Also, women are like you know, if you look at the media and magazines, they're all teenagers that are like this is the ideal women where women are beautiful in every age and shape and form um but they are under a lot of pressure yeah i get you how how can people find uh, let's say i guess i should say what would be the first thing to do to find the courage and belief to begin reinventing themselves with an empowering story Mm. journal and 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 Put a vision board on. Ah, journal. In both cases, you're bringing it from an internal world to an external world. Yeah, there mm. is. We we live we live in our in our head. Everything we see is through our own filters. So every transformation is from the inside out. 
the outside can help, but the real transformation is from the inside out. Like mm. if you have an external transformation can help. And even external transformation, like going to the gym, will affect the internal world. So it is still a transformation from the inside out. I love it. Would that be your answer as well for how can someone begin to love themselves more? You know, we talked a lot about mirror work. Start there. Go get Louise, Louise Hay's uh, book. There, She's got a book about mirror work. Um, another book that I really love and that was guiding my life from the time, from before I went to Japan, is The Power of Your Subconscious Mind uh, by Joseph Murphy. It's a powerful, powerful book. Um, just to connect you to how powerful you are and how how much you can and should uh, receive from life. I love it. Do you know Louise May's book? If not, I can look it up. Uh, it's called Mirror Work. Um, she's also got a book called uh, You Can Heal Your Life. Mm-hmm. She's got audio recordings with affirmations. You can find some of it on her website, some of that on YouTube. She's got a lot of things. Yeah, I've, I'm familiar with her work in the Hay House um, they do a lot of uh, wonderful events that are empowering for people all over the world. Mm-hmm. What fears do you still have? And what are you doing to conquer them? I have absolutely no fears. I am completely fearless <laughs> and I'm, I'm fixed forever. There's nothing oh. to change. Oh, I'm come on. Bad. No, I'm the only one. I'm the only one. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I, I guess for me, sometimes I'm afraid to, you know, be alone, even though I have amazing friends and an amazing husband. Sometimes I have the fear of being alone, which is, it's not logical, but I still, maybe it's something from childhood. Um, I like being alone, but I'm afraid to end up alone. And I think, I guess, I guess it's fear of abandonment. And I also have a fear of success where, you know, I would love to be a Hay House author. And it's sometimes like, oh, but what will happen if? And uh, also, do I deserve to be one? Uh, all those negative self-talk, they, they come up sometimes. My shadows, I love them. I have to accept them. But yeah, it comes up sometimes. So what are you doing to, besides embracing them, what are you doing to get over them, to conquer them and to grow? There's so many ways, um, and it starts with awareness. Uh, it starts with the decision of not listening to the negative voices, or if you do, not staying there. Um, it's you're, like training your body. You have to train your mind. You can train it through affirmation, visualizations. Um, gratitude is amazing because when you are in a place of gratitude, you cannot be in a place of fear at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's either or. So gratitude, I think gratitude is the biggest thing. Like if I get into gratitude and I think about all the things I'm grateful for, for five minutes or more, and all of a sudden, let's say I was uh, mad at my husband and I get into gratitude and just think about how amazing he is and all the things that I'm grateful for and how, how grateful I am to have him in my life. It's like how can I be in anger or fear or depressed? I love it. That's wonderful. Although we're coming toward the close of the podcast, we still have some time. I often ask this question at the beginning. I didn't with you because I wanted to delve into so many other things. But mm-hmm. you you began to touch on it. You said that you didn't have a great childhood. Now, without going into great length, because we could probably do an entire podcast on your childhood. What- no, we, we don't need to do it. <laughs> No, we don't, but could could you share with us a little bit about what that was? Because it'll probably help people who also are carrying childhood wounds. Yeah, there the, the were some, there was a divorce and, and, and some sort of abuse. But, you know, I don't want to really go into that. Um, I think that, because I want to live my life from, I want to live the future from the future and not live my life from looking at the review mirror, when every person that is listening to this right now knows their childhood wounds. And conventional therapy is all about like, 
let's go deeper and why you feel like that and why do you feel like that and why do you feel like that and then years and years passes and you're still figuring out why you're feeling the way you're feeling and it's like there is almost no next step and even though conventional therapy can help um, in some situation um, I don't think it is the in most cases maybe I'm arrogant but from my life experience it's not the ultimate solution and Yes, you have to heal. Um, you have to, to touch those wounds and to heal. But I also believe in different healing modalities. And um, there is some somatic uh, healing modalities like releasing through body movement, through massage, through some somatic work, through energy healing, through shamanic healing. There's so many other different modalities because we are more than just the mental uh, we we have the aura, we have energetic bodies. Um, I believe in different lifetimes. So it's 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 about healing, healing, and then living your life from the future, from your vision, and not from your wounds. Beautiful, thank you. Where do you see yourself in five years? Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, um, five years from now, uh, I. I want to be on um, big stages, like huge stages, and rocking them, um, helping millions of people around the world, globally, um, traveling. Um, I want to have uh, uh, babies um, in the near future, and I, I just want to just, just, you know, just teach um, people around the world and empower them. How many babies? Two. <laughs> Two. Do you want yeah. Do you want girls, boys, or one of each? I just want them to be completely healthy and happy, and 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 good people. Okay. And you said you'd love to be on big stages. Can you name one specifically? Um, teaching with Tony Robbins will be one. That will be like a, an ultimate one. Um. But just, you know, rubbing shoulders with all the greatest leaders and luminaries of our time as, as, as just another channel that come, came to the world to, to help others. And you can. And when I work on stuff like this, I just remind myself that the people that I'm envisioning don't really exist. All I have of them is an image that I've created that basically they're like me. And those other people are just like you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I just want I want more opportunities to share love. And I want to create a like global circles of women around the world that really love and connect and help each other rise. Well, I believe that you will because I, I mean that is your it's obvious from talking to you that that mm. is your the purpose that you are passionately driven by. We've already touched on books that you love. How about a favorite quote? You mentioned a few, but is there another one? One other quote? Uh, sure. Um, this is a Tony Robbins one. It, it's in the moment of decision that your destiny is shaped. Ah, I love it. Okay. Mic drop. Excuse me? <laughs> Excuse Mic me? drop. <laughs> <laughs> And now, how can people contact you, Orion? They can go to my website, uh, orionsmethod.com. They can go and listen to my podcast where I interview amazing people and also share some of my wisdom at stellarlifepodcast.com. And they can uh, get uh, my ebook on how to become a love magnet at orionsmethod.com forward slash love magnet they can find me on instagram and twitter at orion.talmai beautiful now for the benefit of my storytellers orion is o-r-i-o-n and any final words for our listeners my storytellers okay storytellers just remember that you are the creators of your stories you are the main actors in the main character in your story and every day 
is a new day and every day you can write a new story for yourself. That is beautiful. Thank you so much, Orion, for showing up today 100% for bringing your authenticity, your humor, your playfulness, your femininity, and sharing it with our audience. Thank you very much for having me. Absolute pleasure. And thank you again, storytellers, for joining us on another journey. Orion moved me today, and she inspired me. I'm sure that many of you felt the same. Make sure to pay this forward. Let your friends know that they can hear this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, and at the website changeyourstorypodcast.com. Remember to visit the website and download the ebook that I created for you, Storytelling Secrets for a Rich Life and Business. Remember that storytelling, especially in this day and age, is not a pastime. It is vital. It is not optional. It is at the core of all of your communication. It will enrich you as a person, and it will put money in your pocket. Also, take advantage of the wonderful books that we discussed today, and perhaps others that you love. Our sponsor, Audible, is offering you, the storytellers, a free audio book of your choice, along with a one-month free trial of their entire service. Simply go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power. Send in your comments, your reactions to the show to Lewis, L-O-U-I-S, at changeyourstorypodcast.com. Orion shared with us many incredible insights distilled from her experience and her wisdom, insights about pain and healing, about how to transition from a place in the darkness and emerge into the light. During the next week, think about areas of your life that perhaps are still holding you back because of a wound, because of an injustice, because of something that happened to you in the past, and decide that you're going to step into forgiveness, you're going to release that pain, that baggage, and move on into the beautiful and full being that you were meant to be. Begin by asking, how can I change my story and change my life. Tune in to the next episode of Louis DiBianco's podcast. Become unstoppable as you learn to change your story, change your life.